0: Hi, my name is Vicki Sparrow, and I'm from the Christian Church in Port St. John, Florida. And I've been given the privilege of being able to share with you a a few thoughts that are on my heart, that the Lord's laid on my heart. And um, I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about um, the Kairos moment and about our responsibility to it. Um, If you've been listening to Pastor Ron's teachings in the past several weeks, he's been speaking to us about the Kairos moments in these days that we're living in, about how we're not just in a holding pattern, but in a very opportunistic time of training, so that we'll be prepared to partner with him in the specific things he wants to do in his overall timetable. So in light of that, that's why I'd like to share a verse with you that has been on my heart the past few days. Um, concerning our responsibility to the Kairos moments. And this verse is found in Paul's letter to the saints at Galatia in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, where it says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. That word season in this verse is Kairos, a precise moment of time in God's overall timetable, or a juncture point where he wants to reveal and accomplish something that he's ordained. Now, when I read this, I thought that the word do, D-U-E, was probably referring to the timing of the Kairos moment, as in being the correct Kairos moment. But it's not. That word "due" is the Greek word idios, and it simply refers to oneself. So due season is talking about our responsibility to the Kairos. Our proactive investment in the precise moment where God wants to accomplish something of importance, something that is lasting, and our responsibility in the kairos will result in a reaping. Now, I realize I'm kind of starting in the middle of this first verse here, but bear with me. I promise I'll get back to the beginning in a moment. Reaping is a, is a really interesting word because it can function in a twofold way. Its basic meaning is to cut off or to cut down something. Now, I say it's twofold, because the cutting can be either something of benefit, something useful for God's purpose as in a harvest, or the cutting can be of something that is of no benefit, something that may even need to be destroyed. In this present Selah that we are engaged in, as we labor in the valley to see that God's visionary promises fulfilled and accomplished God is using our declarations. He's using our words of righteous vision to cut down the plans of the enemy. You know, part of the enemy's plan is to entice us to function out of character of what a son should be. He likes to set up scenarios where we'll respond from a place other than our spirits. The enemy hates who we've become. Do you realize that? He detests the way that we've submitted ourselves to the examination of our father's eyes and to his ongoing truth and he despises the authority and power we've gained through humility and relationship with the father and he would love nothing more than to lure us into speaking things that don't align with God's purpose into speaking things that display a bitter response or into releasing words born out of our iniquities this is why this time frame of his training is so critical and you know it's really not surprising at all that it's fallen during these two months of the fast of feasting. But we continue to release the vision of the Lord, destroying the enemy's plans in the process. And the result of all of this training and pressing into what Father wants to release is going to be a gathering of a very great harvest, a multiplication of those who are hungry for the deeper things of the Lord. He's been telling us about this for for several months. And we've seen the beginnings of this. It's a drawing in of those who want to satisfy their God-given identity as sons. What we do now is preparing us and preparing the way for the harvest of tomorrow. The holy nation of God that will be receiving the visitation of the Father and then stepping into their responsibility as chosen sons. The harvest is relying on each of us to function at our full spiritual capacity. It's relying on us to function at the highest level of influence and effectiveness that the Lord has been developing in us. But there's no room for us to become weakened or exhausted so that we're unable to carry out the work that lies before us. So let me here just back up for a minute to the beginning of the verse. What is the outcome of this harvest predicated on? On us not becoming weary in well-doing. Let us not be weary. Actually, the words let us and the words be weary are the same Greek words ekakeo. It's mentioned twice which indicates that it's a personal threat to us. While ek means out of or it speaks of the origin of our actions and responses. Kakeo means to be utterly spiritless, to be exhausted or weak, to fail in heart, which Pastor Ron is often referred to as the steering wheel of our spirit. Our heart determines which way our spirit will go. To be utterly spiritless doesn't mean we're missing our spirits. It's it's more about the fact that we respond out of some place other than our spirit, such as our feelings and emotions, or our iniquities, or from some point of bitterness or doubt. Our spirits have been enlivened with the very breath of God, and that's the place we're created to function and respond from. Looking at that word kakeo, we can see that it roots back to, yeah, you guessed it, kakos. We know that kakos exhibits shades of the Old Testament word raw, which is twisted purpose. Kakos speaks of the garbage of this world. It's an influence that will encrust something that's attempting to grow or spread, And it sets its sights on the apostolic heart of God within a person. Wow, can you see how this relates to where God is leading us right now in the way that he's growing us? There's plenty of this garbage in the world right now that's trying to affect us in this crusty fashion, even as we press into this moment of the Lord. Now, in the natural, this trash can be heard through what used to be called news, but which is now gravely lacking in truth. Or it may be experienced by some of us through the huge overreach by our state or local government into our lives. Maybe we've run into it when we encounter people. We probably have because so many are being driven by fear and falsehoods. But again, that's just the natural garbage of this influence. On the flip side, in the spiritual realm, there's a never-ending supply of doubt being suggested to our minds about our own abilities or our positions or our influence. The enemy is more than willing to press our iniquities to see what type of response we'll choose. And don't forget the spiritual encounters that many are experiencing in wicked atmospheres and encounters through dreams and other measures. All of this is an attempt to physically or mentally exhaust it, exhaust us excuse me. But you know it goes even deeper than that. It's more than simply becoming tired. The Ekakeo influence is designed to hit at the heart of who we are in our apostolic identity. Its intent is to build up a hardened shell around our spirits to the point where we no longer push forward with the current assignment God has given us from the throne. Instead we just relax into whatever situation or atmosphere presents itself for the moment and we fail to stay on the cusp on that cutting edge of of submitting ourselves. We fail to utilize this preparation opportunity for what it is. This is why Pastor has so adamantly emphasized our need to establish an altar in our home during this time frame, and to continually examine ourselves for any residue left by offenses or iniquity or doubt or unbelief so that we can immediately offer that up to the Lord. By partnering in this time of readiness and by continuing to press in with all that we are, We are literally guarding and protecting the heart and will of our Father for His Kairos times. This is our responsibility to the Kairos moments of our Father. We have that responsibility to move in the optimum function of our development and identity, in accomplishing the Kalos, in accomplishing the righteous purpose of our God. This is what well-doing is. We are faithfully being who God made us to be as we transact the assignments in kingdom business directed by the throne. The proactive words we declare with our mouths, what we are fashioned into as we examine and yield ourselves to God, what we produce through our intercession, all of this is, is well-doing. You know, Moses is a great example of this concept. God called him to spend time on the back of the mountain in order to train his spirit. He had to become cognizant of his own weaknesses, of his own iniquities, and ask God to purge them. And I'm sure this was an ongoing challenge for him, trying to manage all of those stiff-necked people he was given responsibility for. Moses did an astounding job through a lot of trials and opposition, continuing to respond out of his spirit on behalf of what God wanted to do with the people until he encountered that second rock. It It was there that he let his guard down struck the rock instead of speaking to it, and allowed that kakos influence to encrust his spirit through the whining and accusations of the people. He believed their words instead of God's, and so he responded out of his feelings rather than out of his spirit. And even though he had been victoriously partnering in many Kairos moments up to that point, this instance caused him to miss a significant Kairos moment of leading God's people into the land of promise and he had to just watch from afar instead. You know, everything God is training us in now is acting as a proactive sowing into the Kairos moments of tomorrow. Nobody thought the training was gonna look quite the way it's turned out, but it's been a great classroom time of encountering ourselves and holding up what we see in ourselves to the reality of what God has designed us to be, and then simply making the necessary judgments adjustments, excuse me, so that we're aligned with that reality. And I'll be the first to confess, it's not always been pleasant. It's not always been pretty, but it's been necessary to strengthen us and to ready us for this Kairos moment we're entering into. We're on the cusp of a mighty harvest of God's people. And there may be a few more training opportunities offered before we're at the moment where we see the immensity of the harvest in such a magnificent way. I don't know. But what I do know is that we cannot become faint. We cannot stop pressing. It's sort of like the concept of wearing a pair of tight shoes all day. You know, when your feet become so irritated and tired by being squeezed all day long, to the point that you just want to take them off before you even leave work, even though it's not socially appropriate to walk around barefoot, and even though there's all sorts of stuff your bare skin would be exposed to that would be unhealthy and possibly even dangerous. Or think about a wound that needs to have a very tight bandage applied in order to secure the injury from outside bacteria or dirt. We don't want to increase the injury by exposing it to that, we need it to heal. Both of these indicate a timing issue. It's not that we'll have to wear those tight shoes for the rest of our lives, just until we reach the security and the privacy of our home. And it's not that the bandage is gonna stay on the wound forever, just until that wound is healed sufficiently to allow the skin to function again, So saints, keep pressing in. Keep stirring yourselves so your passion for God's heart is continually ignited. Let's continue to ask Father for new tongues to meet the new tasks He's assigning. Let's continue to ask for the sprinkling of the blood so we will be revitalized, so that we will be protected and even strengthened. Let's continue to ask God to purge us of any measure of bitterness or any point of iniquity that we find within and keep praying for one another and keep encouraging one another. There's a measure of kairos responsibility in verse 10 of this chapter concerning that element as well, but I'll leave that for you to look at. As Father leads us into the harvest that he's ordained for this year, let us hold tight to the responsibilities which we each have towards his kairos moments. Be cognizant of the things that may welcome that kakos influence and lead us into weariness. Keep up the pressure on the enemy by being sensitive to God's timing in his kairos. We're destined for great days together, and we're destined for great times of ministry before the throne of our God and before his people. Blessings, and until next time, goodbye.